born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now look at letter F. Letter F. Verse 28, as Isaac was the child by promise, so is the new birth. The new birth is what God has promised to everyone who trusts Christ as Savior. Remember, we need to promise to Abraham that whosoever would believe in Christ, that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That means anybody anywhere in the world can be blessed. What is this blessedness? Well, to have eternal life. To go to heaven when you die. To be justified by faith. To be declared righteous. Not by your works. But freely. Just by believing that what Christ did, he did that for me. So when Christ died, that means he died for you. And if he died for you, that means he loved you so much. He'd rather die than live without you. You can't say, nobody loves me. (laughs) Yes, he does. And when he died for you, why did he, why did he die for you? To pay for your sins. Why did he pay for my sins? Because he didn't want me to do it. So whenever he paid for my sins and came back from the dead, the only thing he wanted me to do or you to do, is would you believe he did that for you? You see, he took my place. He was my substitute. I didn't do anything to deserve to go into heaven. He did all the work for me and offers it to me as a gift. Now, what kind of a person would I do to reject God's love gift and slap him in the face and spit on him and have nothing to do with God. What kind of a person am I? That's the best news I ever heard in my life. So I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I've never been afraid to say it or ashamed to say it. Best thing I could have ever done. I'll look in verse 29 here. The flesh birth is the first and is at war with the new birth. The mechanism for the flesh. Where does the flesh get its motivation? You have a sinful nature. Something that motivates. Something that drives inside of you. Because there's the lust of the flesh. It wants you to be satisfied. The desires of your sinful nature. They want to be satisfied. Gratified. Either by the things that we see. Oh they got a new car. I got to have one. Oh they got a new house. I got to have one. They got... Millions of dollars. I want a million dollars. And you want whatever the world has, I got to have it too. I told somebody the other day, I've never tried to keep up with the Joneses. I just wait and catch them on their way back. <laughs> Most people going up, then coming down, going up and coming down. And so um, look at letter A. The eyes see and hear temptation. You see, with your eyes and your you hear and you see and you're tempted. 
And you may think, well, I'm above temptation. So here goes this good-looking blonde bombshell walking by with one of these atomic dresses, you know, 50% fallout. And you go, and you, well, I guess I'm going to hell now. And you hope that you can get right with God before a Mack truck runs you over. Well, see, that's the flesh. The flesh has sinful desires. Now, there's nothing wrong in having some of these desires if they're in the right place. It's just like having a, a fire in your house. It's okay in the fireplace, but if you put that fire in the attic, it can burn the whole house down. Sex isn't wrong in the right place with the right person, married, but outside of marriage, totally wrong. You can't make it right. You can't just, and love doesn't change the facts. It's that you've got to do right, and we don't always do right. We have this sinful nature, and it motivates us. The mind of the flesh contemplates the temptation. You think about it. There's a desire. Then you've got to feel like, how can I accomplish this and fulfill this temptation? And remember this. The Bible says in the book of James, God tempts no man. God never tempts you to sin. I mean, here's God. You get up this morning, he's going to tempt you to do something wrong. God doesn't do that. God is holy. And the Holy Spirit can never lead a person to do something unholy or ungodly. The devil will try to lure you. But remember, don't blame everything on the devil. You see, you've got a little devil living inside of you. Oh, sinful nature that's just like the devil's. Your sinful nature that's against God is just like the nature Satan has. Remember, Satan is the one who lied to, to Eve and deceived her. And look at the damage that's been done around the world. Or look at the next statement. Number two, the mechanism for the spirit, the divine nature. You see, it's the body that's used to execute whatever the mind wants to have accomplished. You know, mind over matter. And like some people say, well, if it don't mind, it don't matter. And so you have a body that the sinful nature wants to use to execute its desires and to fulfill its will. Well, now you've got a new birth. So in number two, the mechanism for the Spirit, the divine nature that's given to you, born of God. The Holy Spirit guides or teaches you through the Word of God toward holiness, never unholiness. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit through the Word to live godly. How does God's Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God? By the Word of God. So as you read the Word of God, you'll see that the Word of God says, we are now the children of God. Now I am His child. And we are sons of God and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. How do I know that? Well, because the Bible tells us that. So, letter B there, small letter B, the mind recalls Scripture for meditation and defense as it is renewed. Remember in Romans 7, chapter 12, when it says in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Service means this is about serving God. It's after you're saved, not to be saved. You don't tell a lost man to present yourself to God and promise to serve him because that is not the will of God. After you have trusted Christ as Savior, it is God's will for me to serve him. But if I don't serve him, I'm still going to heaven because he can't take it away from me. Because he gave me that as a gift. That was free. Look at the letter C there. The body executes the acts of a transformed mind to outward obedience to the will of God. 
So now whenever you have found what the word of God says, you have to determine in your mind, what am I going to do? And then with the body, it must yield to that mind. So if you're spiritually minded, you mind the spirit. If you're fleshly minded, you mind the flesh. It's just like having a little child. You tell that little child, you better mind me. Well, what do you mean by that? You better obey me. You better do what I tell you to do. Well, that's the same thing with being spiritually minded. Being spiritually minded means you obey what the Spirit tells you to do from the Word of God. Now look at letter H. Verse 30, cast out the slave. Physically, this will occur when believers receive their resurrection bodies. But until then, as Romans 6, 12 says, let not sin therefore See, the reign in your mortal body. This body I have is mortal. It means it's subject to die. This body you have is going to change. It's going to get old. And some desires are going to change. Some desires are going to get like monsters. And if you feed those desires, they grow and become strong. And if you'll deny them, they can get a little on the weak side. And if you'll feed the new birth, this new nature, where the word of God, it can become stronger and stronger. So the desire to serve God becomes stronger than the desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're going to do whichever one you really want to do. If you want to serve the Lord, you will. And if you want to serve the flesh, you will. You're going to do what you want. You're really going to live however you want. Isn't that what you're doing? You're here because you want to be. And if you don't want to be, you're not going to be. Nobody can make you do anything. You're doing what you want to do. Some people get all bent out of shape when I said you can trust Christ as your Savior and live like you please. Because you can. Because that's what you're going to do. If you want to serve the Lord, you will. And if you don't want to serve the Lord, you won't. True? Oh, I can't believe he says that. Well, I said it. Because it's the truth. But anyway, look at the next verse. Romans in chapter 6, verse 14 says, right there in your notes, For sin shall not have dominion over you. In other words, if you will do what God wants you to do and serve the Lord, the sinful nature that you have will not dominate and have dominion and rule over you because you're going to be strong enough and you're going to rule over your sinful nature. You're going to be the boss instead of the old sinful nature. And uh, it's going to be a battle. But if you'll get in the habit of doing the things that are right, then doing right becomes easier. If you get in the habit of doing what's wrong, then doing wrong becomes easy. And so it just kind of feeds itself. So you want to be strong or you want to be weak? Now, down at the bottom down here, I put a couple of things in here. On 31, we are dead to the law. Live as though you are dead to the sinful nature. Now, I got just a little bit of time left, and I want to turn to the book of Romans. The book of Romans and chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. You'll notice in chapter 6, it's talking about... And looking at and recognizing that you and I are supposed to, uh, well, we're supposed to die. I can't believe that. Look in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No. In other words, now that I have a new birth, should I walk in the flesh just because I still got the flesh? Now that grace has abounded and I've got my new birth and I'm going to heaven when I die, well, should I walk in the flesh now? Because I can? No. God says, no. And then he kind of gives you some reasoning. So he says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, you and I are supposed to live 
like this guy here, like he died. And like he doesn't exist. Like he doesn't want anything, need anything. And we only got our new birth, living in the body without that sinful nature. And we're supposed to live a victorious Christian life. How are we doing? You see, the only reason that he doesn't stay dead is because we keep resurrecting him. We keep bringing him back from the dead. Now look what he says here. In verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. So when Christ died, I died. Because see, his death was put to my account. He did it in my place. He did it for me. He paid for my sins. So I'm supposed to look at it. That, well, he took my sins, paid for them on the cross. But in God's eyes, it's like he did it for me. So I was on the cross. So I was crucified with Christ. And when he was buried, I was buried with Christ. And whenever he came back from the dead, well, so did I. So in other words, I have already died and paid for my sins and come back from the dead. Now, why would I want to go back on the other side of the grave and do it all over again? Once I have died and buried and came back from the dead, why don't I now live in newness of life? Look what he says here in the last part of verse 4. And raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in what? Newness of life. So I'm not supposed to live like, well, I don't have a soul sinful nature. Now, we know it's only how we're supposed to look at it because that's how God sees it. But I still got this old guy. And he just, he follows me around everywhere I go. He won't let me alone. And every time I want to do whatever God wants me to do, he's just always there. And he's always trying to beat up on me and won't let me, he just won't let me go. That's the flesh. And he's going to try to drag you down. And that's why you get so discouraged and go down in despair. Nobody loves you. And he just, he lies to you. He's a deceiver. That's what he does. He's He's just like the devil. And where does he live? Inside of you. You see, your problem is not mommy and daddy. It's not even your kids. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's that old sinful nature you've got living inside of you. There's your problem. Look in the mirror. There he is. Now, you'll notice up there in verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, from now on, we should not serve sin. You still have the old sinful nature, don't you? You still got your old body, don't you? But God says you're not to serve sin. In other words, don't let it dominate your life. And so there's the the flesh that wants you to do whatever it wants you to do, and there's God that wants you to do what God wants you to do. The battle of the wills. And it's difficult sometimes. Look what he said in verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Look up here. Here you were. You were in bondage. And you died. You fulfilled the law. So now the law can't touch you. You came back from the dead. Because the law condemned you to death. Wages of sin is what? Death. Okay, well I died. Now that's why once you have died... The law can never touch you again. That's why he says, you're no longer under the law. Why? Because you're dead. God has already declared you a dead man. As far as your first birth is concerned, and already given you this new birth. And so God sees you in the spirit, not in the flesh. So I have a flesh birth, spirit birth, 
But God sees me and my spirit birth as his child and not as a lost man. All right, now look what he says here. In verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. That free from that old sinful nature. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. And we are in him. So this old flesh over here, it's going to die. But my new birth is what's in Christ. And it'll never die. And so that's why he says in verse 9, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. And neither are we going to have to worry about the law condemning us ever again. We're free from the law. Why? Because the law cannot condemn a dead man. I am dead as far as the law is concerned. So that's why he's telling him in the book of Galatians, don't go back underneath the law. Why go back under the grave to get back to the other side and live like none of this ever happened? That's why he says, who hath made you free? Who hath bewitched you? How did you get this freedom? And now you want to get back into bondage. Who, who lied to you? And that's what's going on. So this is why he says this. In verse 10, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, now here is the, the portion of Scripture that tells you how you're supposed to apply this great spiritual truth from God's viewpoint on how he sees it. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. In other words, believing that my old nature, my old man was crucified with Christ. And now I am supposed to live like a man that's been resurrected from the dead. I have a new birth and no sinful nature. Now live like you don't have a sinful nature. How you doing? <laughs> that's the easy preaching and the hard living. Because majority of people cannot balance this in their mind. They cannot keep it straight. And it's so easy to forget. Get what else he says. And he makes this statement here in verse 12. Let not sin, that old sinful nature from the old man, therefore reign in your mortal body. Because where is it? It's in my body. That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. You still have the old sinful nature. You still have the lust of the flesh. But it means fulfill the desires of God and you won't be able to fill the desires of the flesh because you've got a choice to make. And you've got both of them. The flesh never goes away. But if you get yourself so busy doing what God says to do, you don't have time to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, the Christian life is not a life of being negative, what I don't do. What I don't do this and I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, but are you doing what God says to do? If you do what God says to do, you don't have to worry about the negative part of it because you'll have the power to go ahead and do what God wants you to do. So that's why he says here in verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. So you and I are supposed to live like we're alive from the dead. Well, when did I die? When you accepted Christ, his death became your death. So when I was 18 years old, I was very much alive in the flesh. And then Christ died and paid for my sins 2,000 years ago and said, when I believe it, that payment he made is put to my account as though I had died and paid for my sins. 
and he's given me eternal life, a new birth. I'm going to heaven whenever I die. Now, I can, I can live in the flesh. I can live just like a lost man. We can all live like the world. But is that what God wants us to do? No. If I do, do I still get to go to heaven? Well, of course. Because God didn't say, now I'll save you as long as you do right. <laughs> they might as well just keep it. He gives us eternal life because he loves us. And he said, I'll never cast you out and never lose you. The best news in all the world. So he makes a statement here. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members, this body, as instruments of righteousness unto God. In other words, now use this body as an instrument of righteousness. To do the right thing because God is working and living in you and through you. So you do what God wants you to do with this body. My eyes belong to the Lord. My mouth belongs to the Lord. My ears belong to the Lord. This whole body belongs to the Lord. Therefore, I need to keep it right unto the Lord. Now, get this. This is why in verse 14 he makes this statement. For sin shall not have dominion over you because, now get this, for ye are not under the law. Why? Because you're dead to the law. You have been made free from the law. You have died and paid for your sins according to the law. But you're now under grace. You were a child of the flesh. You have sinned. You're condemned. And you're going to die. Well, I haven't died yet. But when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I accepted his payment for my sins. And so his death became my death. So I was crucified with Christ. Isn't there a verse in the Bible somewhere that says, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life I live now is by the Spirit of God. That's all in Galatians in chapter 2, verse what? Verse 20. Now, if that's the truth, and I was crucified with Christ, now that I have been buried and raised to walk in newness of life, that's why God says you're not under the law. Now you're under grace. Why? How was I saved? By grace. How am I supposed to live? By grace. So I put my faith in what Christ says, and I got a new birth. Now I put my faith in what Christ wants me to do, and I get a holy life. And then when I get to heaven, God's going to reward me for what I've done for him. So there is an advantage of a child of God living for the Lord. You see, I can live for the flesh, but all this is temporary. You live for the world, and whatever you have in the world, you're going to lose. But whatever treasure you lay up in heaven, you'll have it forever. You can't lose it. He said, lay up treasure in heaven where thieves can't break through and, and so forth. You can't lose it. But you lay it up down here, you're going to lose it because one of the days, everything's going up in smoke. This whole world's going to be destroyed. Two other verses. I want you to see that. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law? But under grace, no. Just because I've been set free, shall I go ahead and just live like the devil because I can? No. Can you? Yes, you can. But should you? No. God says that. So he says in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or sin unto righteousness, or be sin unto righteousness. You have a choice. And you'll notice the word there, Yield yourself servants. So this is not talking about salvation. And talking about obedience. You see, the salvation, going to heaven, that's free. You don't have to serve God. You don't have to be obedient in anything. 
But when you're talking about serving God, yeah, then know you're not that to him you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin and the death or obedience and the righteousness. Now you've got a choice. You see, I can either serve the flesh or I can serve God. And that is my choice. Now, when we do the next lecture, we're going to cover chapter 7, and uh, it will help us understand in chapter 5 about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, and I believe that will be a, a help to you. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, hates our sin, but he loves us. And everybody's in the same boat. Everybody sins. And so the wages of sin is death, so that means everybody is condemned, and we're all under the law, and we've been cursed. We're going to die. And we're getting older. Just like if I was to take a nice, pretty little lily here, and I cut it in half. Oh, look how pretty the flower is. Yes, but it's dead. Why? Well, it's been cut from the source of life. You know, and I know, it's only a matter of time. This thing's going to wilt, Right? And it's going to die and look ugly because I've I've cut it off. We see, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, that very day they were cut from the source of life. And look how long it took them to die. And so here you and I are, and we've been born into this world, and we're all going to die. And we die at different stages. And some it's going to be accidentally because you didn't plan it. And some going to be because we just grow old and whatever. But eventually, we all die. That's the wages of sin. And the law says the wages of sin is death. And since we've all sinned, we're all condemned. And God says we'll be eternally separated from God in hell. Now, that's where we are. That's the flesh birth. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect. And nobody's perfect. We've all sinned and come short of God's perfection. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because, well, he loves us. Now he hates our sin because our sin separates us from God. And God can't get to me and I can't get it because of sin. This is why a man's going to hell, because of sin. But Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And so the sins of the whole world has already been paid, but not the whole world's going to heaven because God says, whosoever believeth. Whoever will believe he did this for them, then he will put this payment to their account and you get to go to heaven whenever you die. Because who did he die for? Everybody. So anybody can have it. And so when I trusted Christ as my Savior, God put it to my account. Now, there's a lot of people that's never accepted Christ as their Savior. Then that means they're not saved. You're not saved from hell. And wouldn't it be a shame to die and go to hell when you didn't have to? When there was no tricks to it, no gimmicks, and all you had to do was believe. And anybody can do that. Behold, now is the day of salvation because you have no guarantee on tomorrow. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're watching by internet... Right on the screen it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never done so, I pray that you would. But if you're in the auditorium tonight and you've never trusted the Lord, why not right now in the quietness of this moment just be on it. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. and believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him right now as my Savior. Friend, if you'll trust him, God said he'd save you and give you eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. It's a gift. It's free. 
And I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, with heads bowed, eyes closed, so that nobody has to be embarrassed. I'd like to ask you if you'll just slip your hand up just to let me know, because I'd like to know, and I'd like to have prayer for you. Is there anyone at all? Yeah, well, I'll just slip it up real quick, put it right back down. Father, we are thankful for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. Bless each one here and those that are watching by internet. We thank you for this day in Christ's name. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.